back to another episode of What in the World podcast, where we discuss all things past, present, and future with the sport of whirly ball. I'm Steve Vogt, of course, alongside Mark Mills, a.k.a. Cranberry Slam. One more time! <laughs> and, of course, uh, the nefarious Mr. Noah Aaron. Good to be back! Nef- Wait a minute, nefarious? <laughs> yes, you are an evil demon, sir. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to throw this out here, because fuck it. I accidentally deleted the first half of this uh, podcast that we did, so we're going over jokes that we did the first one, and nefarious was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, uh... I don't consider myself nefarious, but uh, apparently... You you should. It's very complimentary. Yeah. uh, All right. Like a scourge sort of thing. It's better being called bitch or dipshit (laughs) or numb nuts or Um, anything anything in that vein. Yeah, I don't know if that makes it good. (laughs) I don't know. I just think nefarious... Like you said, it's better than little bitch. (laughs) Nefarious sounds better than any of those other options, even though the definition of nefarious isn't positive. So, anyways, uh, we've been gone for a while. Um, we're we're yeah, back. Been, yeah, so long that our jokes are just absolutely terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we used to be funny. Yeah, we used um, to be good. The the yeah, it's been uh, last end of last year. Yeah, or, or last decade, depending on how you, how you count. Yeah, uh, we've been trying to get Ben Hanna on the podcast every week. The ever elusive Ben Hanna. So wait for him to be on the podcast next week. He's like a full moon. He only comes out every, like, you know, three months or whatever it is. Yeah. Ben Hanna. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. Hanna. But, yeah, we'll be getting him on uh, sooner rather than later, so stay tuned. Uh, next, Possibly next week. Next year. Uh, yeah, next year. It'll be uh, continuously next week, um, as it has been. Yeah. And as it he'll he'll be, be a, a recurring name on the show until it actually happens. Yeah. Which means he'll never do the interview because he just <laughs> likes being mentioned. We're gonna get him next week. Yeah. So how how you guys been? Anything, anything new going on with you or? Uh, not not much. Work um, is good. Life is good. Life is good. A lot of work. Uh, uh, cool projects at work. But other than that, yeah. Mark, how's that new job working out? I'm cutting meat. <laughs> and Word. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And then uh, we got leagues. Leagues are going good. Leagues have uh, started up, and we've got uh, Tuesday leagues going. We actually just started today, um, although we don't have nationals teams identified. We started practicing. Uh, those, Sunday morning practice. Yeah, for uh, the beginner and lower intermediate league, and for uh, our, our basically C and D for likely C and D players. And that that was great. It was. Uh, it's cool to be there, cool to, to, to do a little coaching, a little participating, and, and try and get uh, try and get that going. I know for the last the last couple of years, uh, I felt like we've done a poor job, um, you know, getting practices going and getting getting ready to go. So it's nice to see. Um, I even stepped in and helped a little bit. That was yeah, that was very cool. What what was it like watching, you know, up and comers and seeing that? Well, well, it was more so interacting than what I mean. Yeah, you watch to a degree, but you're just focused on getting them to do the basics, like driving up behind a screen, uh, learning how to mirror, know what's going over with them. You know the basics of mirroring with cars today. Um, but I I enjoyed it. And yeah, you know the the cool thing is, you know, a lot of these guys are still. It's their first chance to to do a workshop. It's their first time getting some of this, this the tutelage and so they were really grateful for it 
And it was also, you know, the hardest thing for me is trying to identify, okay, at what level should I be talking? Um, making sure that I'm not talking down to these guys, but at the same time, I'm not talking over their head. Um, and just making sure that, that uh, I'm maximizing the utility that they're getting out of it. So, um, you know, real fundamentals with, with the beginners, right? Just let's have two lanes and we're going to do passing. Come down the court and pass the ball back and forth. And to be honest, I did it with you guys too in the, 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 you know, the C players where it was, all right, let's do this, this drill for three on two. And turns out the hardest part of it is just passing the ball to each other. Yeah. So we're going to practice passing the ball to each other. Just fundamentals. Focus on fundamentals. Quite honestly, everyone can uh, use a refresher on fundamentals. I mean, it's just, it's, passing is really underrated. Uh, to practice it, yeah, we, we, we don't do nearly enough passing practice. And you see it when we have uh, no end of turnovers on our team. So it's it was good. Good to get started. Good to uh, get uh, people exposed to workshops. Do, do you guys remember when you first started playing, um, you know, like, Having you guys watch and stuff, do you think that type of thing would have benefited you guys back in the day with more support from the uh, more veteran players? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, for, for, for me, the few times when, uh, first of all, an advanced player would um, acknowledge me or, uh, you know, in, in, invite me into the conversation, let alone share an insight or, you know... Uh, um, I think it would have done me a lot of good, and it still does me a lot of good, to if I could sit behind like Barrett and have him narrate what he's seeing, um, that would help me uh, today still, and it would have helped me back then. And so a couple of the players that um, you know that did that, whether it was on court or off the court, you know, Stan was one of the first ones, uh, you know, Travis even uh, uh, back in the day, and uh, Trevor, um, you know, uh, Nikon. Uh, couple of these guys, Nico even, um, uh, were really instrumental in, you know, just that little bit of feedback, that little bit of coaching, that little bit of interest um, really drew me into the, uh, to the community a little bit more. Well, we're lucky in the sense that those guys are pretty good when it comes to conveying the game. There's a lot of people out there who know the game but they're not able to convey it and it's not even just the information they're trying to disseminate it's the um how they convey it as yeah. well is like is it relatable you know is it it's a type of personality that you know you, you levitate toward and you're like oh yeah i totally respect this information i get it and then you're able to execute yeah, I mean, at the beginning, uh, whether people are better coaches or better communicators, the first thing is just seeing that interest, feeling welcomed into the community. That was the biggest thing. You know, I remember I quit Whirly Ball for a few years. Um, uh, uh, you know, and I think it's 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 related to uh, how in in Seattle we've got our Monday night leagues with with uh, you know our our C, B, and A players, and we've got our Tuesday night leagues with. You know, are, are, are having fun players, and then sometimes we get a D team out of it. But it's been years since we've successfully moved a team from Tuesday, or a set of players from Tuesday, to Monday. Yeah, we were just having that conversation, uh, what was the last week? And you had asked me, Steve, do you remember the last team that was able to move up successfully from Tuesday to Monday night and be competitive? And I couldn't think about it. 
It would be between or Rogue, I didn't know. Rogue Kill or Cobra Kai. Well, I would claim it's it's Rogue Kill. So Cobra Kai just moved up after uh, Nationals, basically. And, you know, Rogue Kill went through about two years of getting blown out double digits every game. And then we had Thundercats come up, and they got, you know, after about a year of getting blown out, actually, after about a I season, think season, one season, of getting blown out double digits every game, they, they kind of quit forever. And then uh, Lurking Sasquatch, I was playing on their team, and we would get blown out. They, they, they were just inappropriately moved up early. So the health of our Tuesday night beginner leagues, uh, the fact that it's thriving a little bit more now, thanks to Ben Hanna, who we should get on the podcast sometime. Um, <laughs> next week. Next week? Next, next week. week. Stay tuned. Um, and, uh, uh, but because of his efforts, you know, we've got thriving uh, uh, Tuesday leagues, so I think that's going to be helpful. The challenge is when you've got a team that's, uh, you know, maybe becoming dominant or is dominant on Tuesdays, like Roadkill was, like Thundercats were, like Cobra Kai is, um, but they still can't compete on on uh, the upper intermediates on Mondays. Then it's uh, uh, it's rough. Um, you know, that's also that transition, and why I talk about the community. An engagement because it's that transition between I'm coming to Whirly Ball to play with my friends to I'm coming to Whirly Ball to play Whirly Ball and I know the community well enough that you can put me with any four guys and I'm going to, you know, I know you guys, I enjoy it and I'll be playing with my friends, whoever I'm with. Um, and in that transition, I think, is where that, that outreach is, is super important. Do you think it's better that they come up to the Monday Night Leagues as a team and be that team or is it better that they get you know, spread out across the league so they all kind of get with advanced players. Because I know yeah. I, coming up as a team, you want to be with your friends and stuff. Yep. And uh, it's it's kind of nice to have that support. But at the same time, if you're consistently losing into double digits, you know. Well, it depends on which league you're referring to uh, because they're different across. Well, uh, going from a unless Tuesday night to the Monday night lower division. Okay, so we're just talking about uh, Seattle League in yeah. particularly. So, in my opinion, I think it's better if a team, uh, uh, they, the members of that team join different teams. That way they can learn from veteran players, improve their game and skill overall, court awareness, everything. Whereas if you're on the same team, you know, you, you have that chemistry built, but your skill level isn't quite up to snuff with everybody else's. And you find more often than not that you're getting uh, totally schooled uh, more than you're doing the schooling. So, yeah, there's that's also, how I feel. The, the, way, the way I moved up to Monday nights and the way it used to work is, you know, you'd start playing on a team of five. And in that team of five, not everyone is as super into it over time. As everyone else, and so the one or two people on that team of five that's super into it, that goes to the workshops, that starts getting welcomed by the community, um, you know, developing their skills, maybe going to nationals. Um, those one or two of a team of five are the ones that continue playing, and then once they reach that point, we're like, all right, well, the rest of my team isn't here, so I guess in order to play, I've got to, you know, uh, uh, be. Uh, um, uh, immersed um, in a random group of in, in this new division, that's kind of when it, it, it changes. Where where you know it's changing from I'm gonna go drink beers and have fun and and hang out with my friends to I'm here to play whirly ball and learn and get better and I'll make new friends. Um, and in that transition, 
uh, I think we traditionally lose 60 to 80 percent um, uh, of the team that is already moving up. So, and not every team gets there. So the the numbers are way lower. It's like if 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 we only lose eighty percent on the moving up, that would be really good. But we lose eighty percent of the teams that do move up, which is very you know very few. I guess that's kind of the unique thing about our leagues in particular. It almost feels like a cult where we're just trying to like um, you know um, seduce people into this you know nationals tournament you know and, and that sort of play, but. Uh, at the same time, everybody kind of does it their own way, right? That's how you build a culture. Yeah. You, you got to use your snake charming skills. That's right. Those go. died like years ago. <laughs> go, go, go do some snake charming seduction yeah. Tuesday players. Get hey, well, on up. my bowling league on Tuesday is over now, so yeah, I'm available. Who knows nice. what can happen? Watch out for the snake on a Tuesday <laughs> near you. <laughs> Yeah, and so that, that's, you know, getting back to, you know, that, that outreach, would it have been useful for me um, to, to have that, uh, uh, have an experienced person or exposure to the experienced person? Um, uh, yeah, it was essential for me. I wouldn't be here without these, you know, um, uh, uh, without those people uh, uh, going out of their way to engage me. Uh, yeah. I feel the same. I feel you. Yeah. So now we got to give back. Gotta, yeah. Like I said, practice has started, so we don't have teams. we got workshops starting on Sundays, and then uh, I've been going uh, to the Tuesday nights um, where it's, it's uh, we've, got, we've got a healthy Tuesday night. Oh, you've been going? Uh, yeah, I went this last week, um, and I went um, their, their, first, their first week, um, uh, which was maybe, I don't know. So I've, I've, in the last six weeks, I've gone twice. Oh, okay. Send a yeah. text. I can't. Yeah, yeah. I I can't guarantee every Tuesday, but yeah, I'll definitely start coming on down and helping out where I can. It's yeah. a commute, so for you, <laughs> yeah, you got to go all the way over the hill. Ugh, it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, let's see. We also got a new new uh, people from different centers. Yeah, a couple of shout outs yeah. from uh, across the Facebooks. We first saw. That Clint had introduced uh, a Nicholas Sedaris um, from Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Center that Jeremy Bennett actually currently plays at. Uh, they have leagues up and running, uh, so that's pretty cool. And do you think the he's working on any uh, Nats Wisconsin teams, any Cheesehead teams? Oh, you, knowing him, it would not surprise me. Uh, he, you know. Secrets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah be well, really cool. I mean, we'll find out, yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure he could, he's, he's you know, uh, gifted enough to talk people and at least form one team. He's so charming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially in that bathrobe. He's a charming devil. <laughs> one might describe him as nefarious. No, <laughs> probably not. No, no just you. No, he's just you're... a charming devil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Getting thrown off? No, I, yeah, I'm getting thrown off a little bit. <laughs> there, there's some. We're, we're watching a NXT takeover in the background, so yeah. there was a charming devil on screen. Yeah, <laughs> a nefarious. Yeah, devil. I don't know, no, I don't know what her name was, but I, I wish I did. Rhea Ripley. Uh, 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 <laughs> thank you. Yeah. 
so yeah, um, Nicholas, if you, you happen to listen, I, I sent out a message, but he has not responded saying, hey, we'd love to hear from you regarding the your center, your players, your leagues. Um, reach out, and so far he has ignored the one and only attempt I've made. So... I yeah. don't, I don't and, like them already. And uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as as always, you know, if uh, if someone from Wisconsin is listening, uh, yeah, we're we're here to help in any way we can. Yeah. And the if, second guy was Mr. Joseph Ristein. Uh, well, before we get there, uh, oh. speaking of other new centers, uh, we were saying Orlando uh, may have started a monthly tournament thing. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Yeah. Back to Mr. Joseph Ristein, though. Yeah. He is. Uh, Gentleman who on recently stated that he was thinking about opening or had interest in opening up a center in the Boston area. It's very cool. Um, you you actually you went to school in Boston. I did. I, I, I lived there for about five years, um, and uh, I I think it would be a great spot for a Whirly Ball Center. Uh, to certainly tons of colleges and young people there. Uh, I think it's one in five people. Uh, in in Boston or a college kid, um, the the greater Boston area um, has a lot of great public transportation uh, with the T system uh, that the, they've got there. The T system. The T the T uh, T is short for trolley sometimes or the the mass transit. It's like their uh, their their uh, uh, streetcar. So it's not a gang. Uh, it's not a gang. Okay. It's not a gang. Not yet. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so it, it just means that it's really easy to get around the greater Boston area without, you know, uh, inexpensively and conveniently. And so um, even if real estate is crazy expensive in Boston or in Cambridge, you can still get out to, to let's say, Newton or Riverside or something. And you can still, you know, the college kids can get there pretty easily. Or, you know, and there are, are there a number of businesses that are... Um, that are out there, so you get corporate events as well as the college kids to support leagues, and I, I think it would be uh, a great place. You know, it's a metropolitan area. I think you need a metropolitan area uh, to have a Worley Ball Center that thrives, um, and so, you know, Boston, uh, Minneapolis, Denver, Portland, I think those are great, you know, metropolitan centers um, uh, that can support growth. I just love the idea of traveling to another uh, center for the opportunity to play there. Yeah. Where we're kind of in the same cycle of, of, of arenas yeah. or center courts. Or New whatever. centers are always exciting. I mean, I'd yeah. still love to uh, get Minnesota in on the, uh, you know, in on the, the national conversation at some point. And yeah, for sure. You know, and engaging that and St. Louis as well. Yeah. We could... Uh, uh, get there, you know. I think um, I think it's totally feasible for us to have at least a tournament. You know, maybe an invitational, um, even a nationals. You know, with the amount of work that that our uh, that each of the centers puts in, um, you know, with Clint uh, in Michigan or the Olas or you know, uh, Snowy, and, and whomever, Snowy yeah. and, and Kyle and Elky. The, 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 and I'm sure I'm forgetting so, uh, uh, folks, but all the effort that goes into putting on a Nationals at one of our home centers, um, we've got the people who can do it, right? You get a couple of those people to focal it with the committee, and we can sh- absolutely put on a tournament at a, at a center that has never done it before with enough coordination and, and you know, renting it out for two, three days to do, to do a tournament thing. It, it uh, would just take a lot of pre-coordination, um, 
to, to, to get it set up, especially with the extra maintenance and, and maybe building a key and rig reducers and things. But um, I, I think it would be totally feasible. Even if they don't, obviously it would be nice. Uh, it would be best if they start competing. And then once they compete a couple of times, then, you know, uh, their presence grows and they can host. I'm hoping that the, the Chicago Naperville Center, uh, we might be able to, to, to do it there. I'm hopeful. We'll see. I know there's some, some history, um, or there was with the Lombard Center. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it, it, it's something that, we you know, we built the committee uh, from, from Snowy's episode. He talked about... How you know Snowy and, and and maybe Gary are the only owners uh, that still play, are still actively playing and competing at nationals. And so the council of owners uh, was were very effective at cr- developing the nationals format, moving it around uh, the different centers. And now we've got the players committee uh, built up uh, specifically to support. Uh, things like this, building, you know, a checklist and all the things that we need to have in order. And, and so when the owners used to do it, now the players can do it and organize the tournaments. And we can take the tournament wherever, you know, wherever it should go. Yeah, it sounds easy to say, but it'd be awesome just to do it at a center where it doesn't necessarily have a Nationals team yet, per se. But uh, we can go there and they can promote, promote that. There's a yeah. Nationals tournament of whirlyball going on at the center, and people can come check it out, and maybe that gets it going it, as well. That's a really great point. You know, an outreach tournament yeah. um, where we get, you know, one or two days at a, at a center. We get a few of us out there to have a tournament, and then they can bring the local local players in, and we can just get to know each other and meet each other. And, and Well, heck, uh, even we talked about doing that travel team where we, yeah. maybe we could just rent the court out for half a day or something, advertise like, hey, uh we're teams from, you know, one team's from Seattle, the other one's from, you know, Chicago. Uh, come watch us play, you know. In, in Minnesota. Yeah, in Minnesota, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, league players, please come and check this out. And, yeah, for yeah, sure. Something along those lines. Yeah. So, yeah. It'd be awesome if uh, Boston happened. Yeah. We'd go ride the T. <laughs> the non-gang... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yet. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not being thrown in there. <laughs> you guys were right. It was terrible. And, of course, I'm alluding to a joke that I threw in earlier. You guys will never hear it. It's Steve, terrible. Last time Steve called it the Boston Tea Party. No! <laughs> wow, you threw me under the bus again. On to the next half of the podcast that's survived. <laughs> so with that, there's also something going on with Orlando. Yeah. What's the haps there, Steve? Apparently, uh, they are hosting their very own first monthly tournament. I believe today is what was posted on the Facebooks, as a matter of fact. Uh, it was Angelo... Uh, Montagner, I believe. Is that, I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing his name. Uh, but, yeah, he's the one who posted that. So, good for them. Sounds like they're trying everything they can to build their ranks as well. So, that that's like, it's kind of like their leagues? Where they're doing like a league monthly tournament? I don't know if, if, I don't know if you necessarily it? call it a league. Because I, yeah. I think they do have, well, maybe they don't have leagues. Because he and Kelsey have been... 
uh, coming to the last couple nationals and invites and things. Yeah, Orlando I think they're trying to, uh, you know, carry on a, a bit of a leadership role over there. And like we said, try and awesome. uh, build the sport over there. So uh, the only thing, the interesting thing about this particular tournament I was reading is that they have, well, the last I heard as far as the count went, they had 24 people for six teams, which means they were playing with four people teams. Yeah, And then... The only kind of disheartening thing that I heard is that they don't play with nationals rules, so they don't start on you know respective sides and they you know they're slashing and uh, the possession clock and stuff. I Wait, don't so think slashing's they, okay. Well, so it's uh, yeah. I mean, are they the slash? They're not going to call it, is, but the the players who have been playing players. a while they don't slash, but the people who are just coming in, who don't know. They're just hacking. You know, they, they're just possibly hacking, exactly. Are they the XFL of volleyball? Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that's that's the, actually kind the of The XWB? A, I mean, that's not a, a bad comparison, actually, you know, with these newer centers, you know, they're just, especially if they're just starting with leagues or, you know, just trying to get a, you know, a formal way of playing the game, you know, rules established set, you know. Yeah, they're I mean, trying to get their bearings essentially. It's, it's like the the way the country at some point was supposed to work, where yeah. the states were the experimenters for the federal system, yeah. so everyone could try a little something different, and then, you know, uh, pick the way it works. Yeah. Well, and there was a couple people responding like, "Hey, it, like, how come you guys don't do uh, nationals rules?" and and just basically say. I get it, but my interpretation was they're just trying to get people involved. to play yeah. and involved. Yeah, it's like, but I, I at the same time I get the response of like, well, if you don't start, you know, establishing the rules early and stuff, you know, it's kind of, you know, um, I don't know. It's it's yeah. I mean, especially the key, right? Uh, yeah. On the thirty-second clock, like building in those internal timers. Yeah. Uh, you know, 15 seconds with the ball, 30-second clock, and a five-second key. You just got to have those internal timers built. And if you don't start doing that, it takes longer once, once you do adapt it. Yeah. Well, and I guess for Kelsey and Angelo, who are the, you know, the, the two guys I think about the most when it comes to the game over there, yeah, is sure. that, you know, I would tell them, like, hey, just – establish the rules now like you know ingrain it in their heads now that way especially if you're look i mean people when it comes to rules regulations and everything and uh, with the game those being more set and defined get me to want to play the game even more than it just kind of a yeah. running gun and you know a total like uh, every man for themselves type of game yeah i mean i remember when kelsey uh when i first saw kelsey play I was amazed because it looked like his scoop hadn't even been formed. And so he was having to, like, lacrosse cradle the ball up out of the bottom of the scoop because otherwise the ball would get stuck. And he was making shots without being able to have the ball rest at the, in the bottom of the scoop. And he's making shots. I still don't know how that happened. Oh, yeah, that was incredible. crazy to watch. Um, but so little things like that are, are probably things that, uh, I don't know, uh, feels like... Feels like the, the a lot of centers have learned some lessons that it would be nice to figure out how to share with the with the new and upcoming ones. Well, make sure that um, Angelo or Kelsey, if you're listening, we'd like to hear the results of your tournament, how it went. Um, 
and of course you can always reach out to the uh, community anybody yeah. us if you if you need any help and you know with any ideas in the future regarding those and then what are any other tournaments going on or we have we have the invite coming up we invite yeah, invite in Texas, uh, uh, end of March March what is it 27th or something 26th that, that the time frame almost uh, almost a month yeah I I am not going you know unfortunately. I, I'm not either. Yeah, but I just I made a decision on it, and uh, I'm gonna sit this one out. I've I've been given a lot of crap from people, but you know, it's I've made the last two or three, so we'll take a little break this time around. Yeah. But good luck to those who are going, which Noah, you are. I am, you know, yeah, and it's the 27th through the 29th of March. Uh, of March. Um. Yeah, in uh, uh, at Snowy Center, in uh, are you gonna hit up Hearst, Heart, Texas. Are you gonna hit up Heart Eight when you're there. I will hit up Heart Eight, and I'll also hit up. Somebody was saying that Heart Eight is good, but not the best barbecue place <laughs> around there. And uh, well, it's it's Texas. I'm sure there's something that's always gonna hmm. be better. It's it's tough to beat Heart Eight. That was that was. Excellent. Where, where was it that we actually went uh, that was not, it wasn't bar, what was that burger place we went to, the three of us, when we went to last year? Oh, uh, Whataburger? Was it Whataburger? Yeah, we went to Whataburger. Well, we went to Whataburger and we went to the other one. I... See, I'm just going to say <laughs> Whataburger. Yeah, Whataburger. Yeah. Oh, In-N-Out. We also went to In-N-Out. Oh. Mm. So, I think Whataburger. Whataburger <Yeah>. But yeah, yeah, it was good stuff. No, I'm excited about it. You know, I, uh, uh, it 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 looked like I, I haven't really seen the roster of who's all going, but I assume it's going to be like half Texas, half everybody else. Yeah, they're actually breaking it down into a uh, lower upper, upper division. Uh, you know, good experiment. It'll be uh, it'll be we'll, we'll see how it works. Um, and I'm excited. You know, my my feeling on that is uh, maybe it'll be a lot more fun. Maybe it'll be a lot less fun. Either way, we'll learn something. I'm I'm totally good with the experiment. I like it from a perspe- or, uh, spectator's point of view, in the sense like you have the upper division guys that you can watch, and you actually like, hey, I, I can apply this to my game, you yeah. know, and that's a great great opportunity because the only other time we re- uh, we get, not necessarily us, but you know anyone from around the country gets to see that is at the national tournament. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice to have that. You know, you know, in the middle of the year rather than at the end of the year. And Sometimes I get that feeling, though, like the then the upper guys just never want to play with the lower guys, and then yeah, you just don't you just don't uh, learn. You don't get the opportunity to yeah. learn on-court experience. That is the concern. So uh, the la- last year, I think, I was making a transition, um, and I think I'm still kind of making a transition from lower guy to upper guy. Um, and what, what my, my, my changing perspective on it was... Uh, it seemed like the upper guys were just trying to mitigate the liabilities that were on their team. Mm -hmm. Um, And the ones that could do... So it wasn't necessarily the teams that had the best upper division guys would win. Uh, You know, our... uh, I remember our our lowest lowest guy on our team was was Kelsey. And Kelsey was not a liability. He was scoring on fools. Um, And because of that, all right, Kelsey's going up and scoring, uh, you know, getting around people one-on-one. So we could just go play defense, which meant we won a lot of games. Uh, and it wasn't because our upper guys were better. 
it was because our lower guy was better. Uh, so not only was he not a liability, so it, it became this interesting, you know, just a different strategy, right? Uh, um, uh, and uh, yeah, this will be this will be different. We'll learn something. So what if in addition, if this became a regular thing when they did the upper and lowers at the invites, it's kind of a random idea. Those are the only kind I have, right, guys? But what if uh, the lower division guys had an opportunity to, you know, draft a coach, so to speak, yeah. from the upper levels? So that'd be kind of a good little um, um, caveat in the game, so to speak. You, you know, once the upper divisions are established, then the lower ones, the lower decides. You know, uh, we'll draft uh, you know Clint Fisher to be our coach, and then yeah. uh, you know Brad Elke, and then Snowy, you know, and just right down the line. Yeah. And then their job would be to you know help, you know, obviously coach the team, and then you know there could be like, you know, some potential uh, bragging rights competition in that forefront, like oh, who's the better coach, you know, who who adjusted better, you know, who had the best strategy, you know, so to speak. Uh, like I said, any yeah. any you know, just yeah. a new idea for the game, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not to say that that doesn't happen to an extent already, but just if you made it a regular part of the invite tradition. And I think that a really you know a couple of good things will come out of that. Uh, you know, that trying to set up a coaching competition is a uh, a really cool idea, and I have no idea how that works. Um, but regardless, you're setting up uh, now these lower division guys. You know, now have an upper division person that they know, they've got a kinship with, they've broken that, you know, introduction, icebreaker, and so now uh, when it comes to nationals and they see a bunch of upper division guys in that group talking to each other, uh, maybe there's not as much intimidation about mixing those circles. You can go up and say, hi, how you doing, how you been, and then, you know, build that community a little bit faster with the upper guys. Because like we said, the, the thing that got us to come back um, and to want to, Keep playing whirly ball was just a just a little bit of engagement um, from those upper guys, a little bit of encouragement. Would you agree with me if you? Nope. Mm, I'm out. Well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> no, if you, would you agree with me if I said there's the amount of pride in coaching could be a lot better in our game? Uh, I think it depends on the coach. I mean, I. Um, uh, the pride that I have in coaching is best summed up as uh, uh, how proud I am of my team. Um, and yes, I like to, uh, you know, if there's a tactic I see someone use that they didn't know before I was able to share that tactic, or if, you know, I see them start communicating and they're calling plays and they're just doing it a little bit uh, you know, faster, or if we talked about at the beginning of the game, hey, we're going to work on transitions, and then they they start winning the game because they're transitioning better. Um, uh, yeah, I, I am beaming with pride for my team doing that stuff. Um, uh, there's also a helplessness to it as well, where it's like if your team's doing something that you need to correct, like, um, you know, okay, Identify who the shooter is and just defend that one shooter. All you need to do is defend that one shooter. And still, you know, the, 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 there's difficulty responding to that. Um, so pride feeds off of performance. 
for for me personally, for you personally. and also it's not personal pride. Yeah. Um, you know that I did such a great job. Again, it's how proud I am of that team. I also think it depends on how long you go into coaching them. So, say last year with uh, my Nats team, we had Weber as our coach, and we asked him early on. So even within practices, he was always there coaching. Where sometimes you go to Nats and you're like, you realize you don't have a coach. You ask someone, "Hey, will you watch us and coach us if anything?" I don't know if they'll be as invested and well, take pride in like whether or not what you do. Whereas. I know win or lose, John was really proud and he saw the improvement of how we played weekly between practices, leagues, and internationals. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said, when you were alluding to asking someone early. And I guess that's kind of what I was more leaning towards as far as like... Steve wants to be a coach. I yeah, I, I would. I mean, wow, way to throw me under the bus there. I mean, yeah, I would love to be a coach, actually. Uh, but no, like I was saying, uh, you just uh, you have to ask early, but that just doesn't seem to happen enough. Not particularly with our center, but um, a lot of other centers. I just wonder, do they like? Do they ask way in advance? how committed they are from the beginning rather than like you were just saying, like a day or two before national, hey, uh, you know, you're, you're the upper player. Would you watch our team and, and let us know what we've done? Uh, I'll give a counterexample, maybe the exception that proves the rule. I remember, so there's a, a longstanding tradition in Seattle that if two Seattle teams are playing against each other, neither one of those teams gets coaching. We play against Seattle team, so so. Now, what, what, why is why is that? We'll get we'll get into that later. For, okay. For this story. All right. Uh, that's just a long-standing tradition. We'll go over that with Ben Hanna. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> <tuned>. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, so we were in um, Atlanta, I believe, and uh, we had two Seattle teams playing against each other. And uh, I know that we each wanted a coach, but our Seattle coaches were saying, no, no, it's Seattle, Seattle, you guys are on your own. And so we went out looking for coaches. And, we actually, uh, and, and I remember we asked uh, 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 Snowy to coach our team. And I think there was another Texas guy who got asked to coach the other Seattle team. Bolty. A Bolty. And I just thought, it, and so we're literally minutes before the game started. So forget asking, you know, someone, who, this was a, a different center team or a different center coach um, that we asked minutes before the game started to come watch our game and, and help us out. And both of those guys did, and they did a great job. Um, and, you know, they didn't know our team that well, but they just gave kind of everything they had, and they just kind of went out and said, uh, I don't know, have you tried this? And we were like, oh, no, we haven't. All right, we'll try that. And it's one of the most memorable, like, it was so cool of them to do it, and you know, the, 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 just just them trying to help uh, in the spur of the moment. Uh, Are we the only center who has that memory. role by chance? Do you know? Uh, I, I I think so. What I've seen from Texas, and I don't know if this is true, but what I think I remember seeing is that they they have more an individual team has an individual coach, and so um, uh, if you got the two uh, Texas teams playing against each other, I think maybe those coaches stay attached to their teams. In Seattle, where, where I understand it comes from is when Jimmy was the coach for everybody. And so you had this, most Seattle teams had the same coach. Then Jimmy, Jimmy wasn't going to coach one team against another team um, or try and coach both teams. 
It yeah, because was... it seems like we'd be able to get another Seattle player to help us. Uh, See, and that's why I think, it, in my opinion, it doesn't really matter. If you have that one coach from the beginning, what does it matter if it's the same center versus the other? It's You don't have that one guy coaching both teams. They're coaching that one. So you should be able, they should be able to uh, give you advice and strategy on how to beat you know, your other home team. So I never quite understood that rule. Yeah, I, I th- uh, uh, especially I, I tend we, to agree with you. The logic is a little bit funny; it doesn't close on because we we yeah. do practices and leagues against each other, and they'd coach us. And and that's <laughs> that's part of it is is we've been coached against each other, yeah. and we're not going to coach uh, coach ourselves to the weaknesses. I, I think when our, it comes down to nationals, you know, know, you're a, you're a state, you're a state yeah, against seems, other states, so you don't want right. to like root a Seattle team against a Seattle that's team. Right. So they're just trying to play. Fair as coaches, like well, that's just like yeah, because you don't you don't want to be like the guys like fuck up that Seattle team, go Seattle, like right. it just kind of seems a little weird. Yeah, so. you, you, you're, reach, you're reaching for sportsmanship a little too much. There, <laughs> well, I think. And I think that's what <laughs> it, it is. It's the yeah. one time of the year where we're like, that's what it is. We're like, Seattle's trying to take home a trophy, and we're playing as a unit, like right. so. And so we're trying to represent the center. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I think that's a big a big big part of it. But I don't. But as a player, as a competitive person, I don't feel that way though. I was like, I want yeah, somebody. Yeah, I want to beat that other I'll, team. Yeah, I want to beat that other team. Yeah. And I want leadership. I want somebody to tell me, you know, you're fucking up, Steve or Noah. You're. That's when the, what you're well, That's when the captain comes in, and like he should know, like this is what we've been doing correctly against this team, like. This is what we need to do. Like, yeah, but know. I like to follow the hierarchy. Yeah. And, and that's that's. I mean, that's why we went out and got got uh, you know those Texas guys to help coach, and I was really grateful. Yeah. Really well, grateful. and from that from that aspect, actually, that is, I would say, that is pretty cool. Yeah. Because I don't believe I've never seen that happen. Or at least, like you were yeah. saying, I can't remember the last time that that's happened where yeah. you've gone and got somebody else. Yeah. But then, like I said, uh, you know, you were saying Texas. You know, they coach their own. I, I but it would so. be cool if they actually uh, uh, went in, you know, got uh, coaches from other centers. But yeah. then again, I guess it's just a preferencing. And, and so I think that, you know, getting back to, to, to where this started, so having a lower division and an upper division, um, you know, teams at the Invitational, maybe that will allow for an upper division player, regardless of center, to take a little, you know, little mentoring coaching role for, for a lower division team. And that would be pretty cool. So, yeah, well, maybe when you're there, you can, I don't know, you can implement that. You know, if we're doing court one, court two at the same time, I'm sure we'll, you know, we'll do the best we can. Yeah, Yeah. but that that is a part of the invitationals that has been important to me in the past, is making those connections with those upper-level players. Um, You know, like I've been on a money tournament and an invitational with Brad Batania uh, twice now, and I wouldn't, I, I may not have had conversations with Brad. Um, but now, you know, I, I, uh, I know him well enough where at the next, uh, the next event where I see him, I'd, uh, uh, walk right up to him and, you know, shake his hand and, and, and start chatting. And that's a big, uh, it's a big part of the community. Well, since we've touched on it a bit, we got nationals as well coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, and also there's been the hotel talk. Uh, information's been. Oh yeah, this. Clint did post that, didn't he? Oh yeah, where we uh, where are the official uh, Dallas Hearst hotels? Well, no, it'd be Michigan. Oh, well, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're, right. we we, we jumped a little. The nationals. Bit. 
Yeah. Well, so actually, actually, no, it was not Clint. Uh, let's, it was Ben. Yeah, it was Ben. Ben Hanna? Ben. <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, ben Glotzhaber uh, posted Nationals Hotel Info. It's going to be at the Courtyard Marriott in Detroit. Uh, or Courtyard Marriott Detroit Novi. Um, if you want the... I mean, I guess I could tell them the address, but I feel kind of weird. It's online. <laughs> Anyways, look online. It's look up Courtyard Marriott Detroit Novi. All the information's there. West we're, Eleven Mile Road. We're what's that? West Eleven Mile Road. Yes, exactly. Oh, good. It's not on the Eight Mile. <laughs> That's where we were last time. No, yeah, we were never there. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Oh, it's across the street from the Walmart. Excellent. Yes. Uh, in case we need to buy fans again for our uh, oh, AC list uh, Airbnb, which actually I don't know, it's not sounding like there's going to be a whole lot of Airbnbs this time around, especially with the ninety-nine dollar per night rate, two queen bed or size beds, and breakfast is included at that hotel. So that is not bad. That is not a bad deal at all. Good work, Ben G. Um, and it's less than a mile from the center, no. so you could even you could even walk, <laughs> yeah, if you're into that sort of thing. Who walks? Yeah. Well, I mean, we do play a sport that involves no leg movement at all. Yeah. So why waste the energy? Uh, <laughs> good point. <laughs> we should we should we should be closer than half a mile, Ben. What the hell are you? <laughs> James Gill wears sandals. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, uh, you can call there and, you know, give them your major credit card info and put a reservation down. Yeah, do you have to say that you're in the Whirly Ball block? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. And then they'll laugh at you, but you'll still get that discount. I'm all about that discount, baby. Oh, right. Oh, and then, uh, Ben says to make sure that you book the rooms by June 4th, because after that, there's no guarantee that the rooms will be available. June 4th. June 4th. So, yeah. you got quite a few And Wow, that months. actually is, yeah, because Nationals itself. June 20... 24th. 24th through 28th, I guess. That's a good amount of time, then. And June, I'm sorry, what was the date you have to book by? June 4th? June 4th, yeah. All right. So, about... Uh, two, three weeks before. Have you guys bought an airplane tickets yet? Not for nationals. No. Okay. No, I was looking at them actually the other day. They're like about $458 right now, round trip. So I was even looking into flying into Chicago and then... Trucking over. Trucking over. But then again, we're, we're talking about... Cleveland. Cleveland. Although, I don't know. I, only, I hear that like Cedar Point's only two, two hours, three hours away from... Uh, Michigan, so hell, I don't mind driving three hours or whatever, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. But uh, yeah, costs aren't great, but I'm probably going to look in April. That's when they tend to go down. Well, no, you would know. Well, yeah. uh, it depends on the airline, but yeah, I mean, 90 days prior is a good is a good time to buy. Oh, is it? 90 days? Okay. Yeah. And then, if it's Alaska Airlines, I can get you more detailed information as, as time comes. So, a lot of times during last season's podcast, we'd go over the national rules. Um, has there been anything coming up recently with rule changes or... Or the committee. Has the committee made its presence known? You know, we haven't heard from the committee in some time, at least not on, you know, on the Facebooks or anything. So, but, you know, they're... 
for being a former member, I know that they are in communication throughout the year and they are working on things. So. Have they added the flags yet? Uh, they have not added the Duh. flags. Have they added the corner refs yet? Maybe. Will, will <laughs> camera people be allowed on the court? Yeah, will, will flash photography be allowed on one side of the court? They don't want you here. <laughs> You're ruining this game for the children. <laughs> or these kids. <laughs> You're taking the yeah, game out of From these kids. Oh, oh my God. that was the best fucking line ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am so glad that. Well, so uh, uh, another thing that we need to um, that we've talked about is you know referee qualifications and getting referees lined up before nationals because one of the challenges has been we're just begging and begging for people to to, to be a ref and filling it um, a little bit before the game and I think that has been. Uh, problematic. You're right. People should start volunteering immediately. And we should sign them up. Before, yeah, let's sign up. Let, let's get organized and sign them up before. And then, you See, know. people talk about what it is that the committee can do for you, but I'll go with the old cliche, what can we do for the committee? Yeah. Like, let's volunteer more. Uh, and like I said, I, I will go on record now saying I will volunteer to be a ref. I have no problem doing it. And if you don't like my calls, you can kiss my ass. Love it. On record, there I will go on record saying I will not. <laughs> why not? Shane, that's a good question. Like, why do you not want to ref, sir? Oh, because I, I don't ref. But if you learned, you could know how to ref. And they, and I will say, Michigan has the fancy new uh, got, yeah. uh, scoreboards now. They got the screens. Oh, okay. Well, uh, then I'm back I, in the game. I also <laughs> like that uh, Michigan, you don't have to climb a precarious ladder to get into. The ref booth. See, I, I I don't like that because I like a bit of a challenge. I, I like to work for that <laughs> scoreboard, all right? Well, now I'm back out of it. Yeah. No, Michigan has got the nice – I think they've got the nicest ref booths. No, no, I would, I would like to get better at t- the refing and stuff. I, I just have the anxiety it's just where a, if I mess yeah. up that uh, I'll feel bad. Yeah, and there, there's it's such a thankless, everyone hates you position. Yeah, I was so happy that I did my refing and made my mistakes in like early seeding games when it just didn't matter. I'd rather be <laughs> see. A, well, and that's the thing. That's why you have a spotter. Yeah, that's what I say. I'd rather volunteer. I mean, to be a so spotter. I was gonna say if if you at harder. least run the board or, or just volunteer to be a spotter, and I think. The three of us, at least, we played the game long enough. Yeah. We're confident enough to be able to make calls as a spotter. I'm, I'm happy to do it. The thing that I would uh, uh, like us to do is, if we can identify the referees ahead of time, then we should we should have, you know, a referees meeting. Um, we need a Dean Blandino of Whirly Ball. Uh, yeah, yeah. We need a Mike Pereira. We need a John Hirschkorn. Yes, all three of those people. Yeah. And we need a Tony Romo commentator. Oh, man. Someone who can tell you the play before it happens? Yep. <laughs> He's going to throw it to Grunk. Wasn't Thomas doing that, though? Uh, or was oh, he commentating. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if we're... Well, we're, no. Was he calling the plays before they happened or no? I mean, it's Whirly Ball. Uh, yeah, you're just going to pass it and depending shoot it. On, depending <laughs> on what level you're watching... I mean, you should be able to identify. I think I think uh, he's going to pass it to James, and James is going to take the screenshot. <laughs> James throws it in the corner for some bizarre reason. <laughs> he's throwing yeah. off the bets. <laughs> so, Vegas is going nuts. <laughs> <laughs> James Gill bet on the under. <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, um, yeah, so we should get uh, an official bookie as well for the lined up. <laughs> Get, get the lines set. Um, 
But uh, uh, to the point about committee and nationals coming up, if you do have ideas for rules that you would like to see changed or things that you'd like to see implemented uh, at nationals, um, get in touch with your local rep and uh, let's start the conversation going. Let's not miss our opportunity. Let's yeah. make sure there's not a union strike. Well, and you know, I you know, partially joking before, but kind of not. Like I said, I plan on volunteering to be a rep and or spotter. If any of you out there has any interest or be be willing to learn, I know that would actually be a big help uh, for the tournament. And the more names that the people or the organizers have, uh, sooner uh, the better it will be, and the better prepared we could be for the tournament. So. Um, yeah, local reps. What? What? You got anything else? We've covered a good amount of stuff. Yeah, this is. Uh, it's been good to. It's very, you know. very informative. <laughs> I've learned a lot. Yeah, I'm richer for the experience. Yeah. The more, the more you know. I, I do want to say uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Dan Doherty, Dan Doherty Scoop Company. Why? Uh, they're a superior scoop for a superior player. <laughs> Uh, but also the fact that, uh, I've, I've had the same scoop for like seven, eight years and it finally broke. So I was like, fuck, I need a new scoop. So I reached out to him and he was able to like hook me up with a scoop within a week. And Dan me- Doherty changing lives <laughs> one at a time. No, no, it was just like one of those things where I was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to him because we, we talk about him or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and he got me like the same same scoop, same year, same quality, and everything. And then, like, he just asked me what I wanted with it, and then just sent it. And I got it within a week. And would you care to leave your review on Dan Doherty's scoop product right now? Uh, I guess I, I've, I've been actually I've been messaging him with like weekly progress with it because you know, like at first you get the scoop and it's yeah. like it's a pretty tight scoop. So he's been getting direct review. He's been getting like a direct it. view right. from me. Yes. Yeah. So I, I will also say that there are a number of players um, from our Tuesday leagues. Uh, who have been showing up with, uh, you know, what what appear to me to be uh, Dan Doherty scoops because they've got, you know, the the, the lace cradle, mm-hmm. uh, the the you know the paracord cradle as opposed to, um, you know, the Seattle tape, and it it's been great. We're yeah. getting the word out when people start asking me like, where do I get, you know, what makes a good scoop? Who, where can I get one? And it's Dan Doherty Scoop Company. I know. And uh, I did get the approval from James Gill. He said, if my shot sucks, it's not the scoop, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, it, it, it's clear. It, we, we really have to. James Gill. Uh, he was, he was like, holding it, shifting it from side to side, set it down on the table, checked its levelness, like, held it up, threw a couple air shots, and, like, he was like, yeah, it's not the scoop's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is high praise. That is Dan. high praise for Dan. James Gill to evaluate a scoop and not find fault with it. it and the uh, the adorable thing is, like when he sent it, it was in a box that you know it's in the length and the the width of the box. But he also used uh, the a uh, Dr Pepper uh, case, a cardboard case cutout, and like made little circles oh, as neat. bumpers for the scoop to make sure like it was just like a lot of effort put into it. So I just I just really appreciate that like he was able to help me out like. In a quick pickle. Of so whatnot. Dan drinks Dr. Pepper. Yeah. See. So there's the, there's a the scoop <laughs> for the scoop company, but uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a quick like thanks for helping me out. You know? Yeah. 
and and I and I uh, will extend it. I know that there are a number of other players in Seattle that are had a great experience, and they don't even realize the quality of scoop they have. Yeah, because uh, like I was looking on movie. eBay and whatnot to get the same exact scoop, and it was like it was a lot of money. Plus, you have to put in the effort of like wrapping it and taping it and all of that, and so be able to get that from him and have it all that stuff already taken care of. It, it was just a lot easier, quicker. So, anyways, Dan Doherty. So the two of you have committed to Doherty Scoops. I'm the only one of us who has not yet. Uh, it's because the two of us... We're superior Steve, players. ...are superior players. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. <laughs> and with that... <laughs> well, with that... Uh... I say I, I bid thee adieu. Uh, I bid you all adieu. 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 To you and you and you. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> no, thanks everyone for listening to uh, another episode of What in the World podcast. I know I, I enjoy it. These guys enjoy it. Uh, we're going to continue to do so. Ben Hanna next week. <laughs> um... You know, I want to thank you all for listening. Uh, we look forward to the invite. We may get Noah on the scene down there next time. We'll do some uh, possible little interviews on that. Maybe oh, we can not. get some FaceTimes. Yeah, oh, some FaceTimes. Yeah. And also, I'd like, actually, speaking of uh, which, really quick, you know, I want to start doing the little live things that we were doing for leagues. Yeah. Uh, that would be cool, you know, just people to start talking trash and, yeah. and just, uh, you know, stay connected to the community here in Seattle. Um, Film other people when they get a chance to block James Gill. Other people. <laughs> and uh, make sure to download, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your uh, major podcasts. And send us a message. Feel free to interact. Tell us what we're doing bad or good. Especially me. And uh, I need the most help. Yeah, give us uh, topic ideas and stuff. Or if you want to join us for a crazy hot chicken wing day. Oh, yeah. Because beef stew won't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, what was Ben was telling us that he actually only watched like maybe a quarter or half of it. And he was like, ah, I'm done. I can't, I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> you guys suck. Yeah. Which maybe we can get uh, that particular story later. <laughs> But um, once again, guys, thanks for uh, uh, listening and, and or watching if you've done that. Um, we look forward to the next one. But in the meantime, don't let the whirly ball sit you in the face. Yep. Love you.